Sick by Shiana. Medical disclaimer. The advice that I'm sharing is based on my years of experience as a licensed massage therapist. The advice and information given are intended for educational and informational purposes only. While the advice and information provided may be useful to those with and without specific health conditions, the information provided is not intended to be a substitute for medical treatment. Please consult your medical care provider before acting on any information presented here. Thank you. Welcome to Who You Call in Holistic. Thank you for having me. I am with Rue, and you're in Atlanta, correct? Absolutely. Okay. And you are a yoga instructor, and you're a black man. <laughs> Indeed. Do those go together, typically? Oh, man. Tough journey. Um, um, I wouldn't have placed myself here. This was not um, what I had designed for myself, which is kind of where I kind of trusted the process. I, you know, I got tired and fatigued of doing the same things over and not getting what, um, or what I thought I should be or what, you know, that type of thing. What do you and mean just, doing the same things over? I just surrendered, you know. What were you doing? What were you repeating? I, um, I've done a few things. The last thing I was doing before this, I was a bodyguard. I was a bodyguard. I worked for like um, entertainment and like That's clubs a and way different transition. <laughs> bodyguard to yoga. Go ahead. Sorry. No, so I, I was a martial arts instructor. I studied martial arts for ten years. And so that's what brought me into the bodyguard space. A lot of my close friends were like bodyguards. Um, all of them had the size. You know, they're six three, three hundred pounds, but I had the technical trainings. I had to like, I was certified, my training and stuff like that. So that how that's how I transitioned that, but it wasn't for me. <laughs> okay, all right. What uh, did was there a particular incident that you were like, I'm done with this now? It kind of was done with me. I kept getting fired. <laughs> okay, all right. That's one way to handle it. Okay. <laughs> Um, because I just, I was, you know, I was raised to live my life a certain way and to be, to respect myself in a certain way. And a lot of times you, you know, you put in situations where you have to kind of dumb that down in order to, to make it. And, you know, you know, certain, you know, I'm always adjusting something, balancing some things I would, but something that just wouldn't, you know what I mean? And that's just not what people want to hear um, in those arenas. So you went from being a bodyguard and then you were like, you know what, let me give yoga a try. Like how, how did that even come about? So I, I was in a bad relationship in 2004, 2005, and I started going to LA Fitness taking yoga. Okay. So I actually started taking yoga. Did encourage yoga. you to do that? Who? Your partner? The, no, I just didn't want to be in the house. So I would oh, go to LA Fitness. Okay. <laughs> All right. You were like, let me do go relax. I would just, just time away, constructive time away. So. Okay. That was my introduction to yoga. Then I got involved at hot yoga with, through martial arts. And so I was off and on. And um, so, yeah, with how I got into yoga was I was on the road. And so we would travel a lot. And so I couldn't practice. So I started like working for three months, saving all my money. And then I wouldn't pick up the phone and go on the road. And I would just do yoga seven days a week until I ran out of money. <laughs> and then I would pick up the phone and go back to work. So I did that for probably about two or three years. And now just one day I was just finally like, you know, Obviously, I like yoga more than I like anything else. Um, I was definitely sick of that space. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just sat still. And then I got an opportunity to, um, to go, go to training. Okay. So how long have you been teaching now? It'll, 
two seven. Uh, it'll be almost. It'll be four years. Um, in March. Okay, so that's about, really good. About three and a half years. Yeah. And you love it. Is what I figure. Oh man. Um. To be honest, I don't really don't like leading that much, but I feel like that's the place I'm supposed to be. But I I appreciated what it had, what the, the changes that it made in my life, and so like being able to be in a space to share that with other people and seeing how it can you know totally change everything about your life. So out of respect for the yoga, is why. I, so I do have a love for yoga, not necessarily leading <laughs> all the time, but but definitely got a uh, um, love for the space of just its ability, the things that it can do, the awareness that it brings to you so you can make the changes in your life that you want. What changes did it bring to your life other than dealing with that terrible relationship? Um, <laughs> um, um, you know, and once again, taking my responsibility, at, you know, becoming more self-aware um, of just like how we repeat cycles and then we're not really understanding why we don't kind of meet our end goal. Um, there's no cause that does not have an effect. There's no effect that does not have a cause. So just going through these spaces and taking personal accountability and on yoga mat, you know, you have to, you know, for me, and if you're practicing on the philosophical side, it's about accountability and you being able to, you know, listen, observe, and then feel, right? Those three different things. So you listen to whatever the instructor is saying, the teacher is saying, and the, the style I teach predominantly has mirrors. So then you kind of observe yourself trying to make that happen. And then you got to feel, and so then taking it off the mat, you know what I mean? Like you want results, you want relationships, you want things to go a certain way, opportunities. But most of the time it's just head first, right? I'm going to make it happen. But there's no feeling, there's no observation. You don't see yourself inside of that space. You don't feel yourself inside of that space. You're just kind of doing what you think you're supposed to do or what you've been told to do. And so that I think that was the most helpful part of me as far as just redesigning my life. Um. So I've read different things on how <clears throat> people have, been used to thinking that yoga was an exercise or like people go to the gym. So like going to yoga at the gym is a workout. Do you consider yoga a workout? Do you consider it exercise? Um, I think <laughs> that's a, that's a great question. Um, it's all of those things, right? Um, all is one. I think that when you study the history of yoga, I've done a lot of study and research. It was brought to us through, they when they colonized India, they they banned the, the practice of yoga. When the, it was the British or maybe the French, whoever I think it was the British or the Portuguese. Well, I can't remember which one. Maybe the British. Long story short, when they came in to colonize, they they banned yoga because the the religious. And you know that's the the conqueror always want to destroy religion because that way you can control the people. So they banned it. It was only taught. It was only taught to the the royal houses and the military. And so that's what a physical aspect. And that was that's what a physical aspect, which is brought to us on the West, how it's introduced us because it's more given they gave the asana more of the physical side of the asana. So you have like the 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 ashangas and these very um um athletic, very you know intense trainings. Um, and so that's how it was presented to us. And so a lot of the esoteric stuff was kind of left out, um, which you know which I think is important. So yeah, you can get a physical workout, but I think. You know, tuning in, if you go back to like, you know, Hatha, the original practice is more about healing, you know, heal thyself, know thyself, heal thyself. So I would say it's more of a healing space, but you can get your your workout and all those things in as well, though. Yeah, I've always long-winded as, no, no, no. I've always considered it more of a healing space, but it wasn't until I read that that I was like, yeah, like it's always been 
treated as, or not treated, but promoted as exercise in the U.S. Like go to yoga, get, get your yoga mat, go exercise, but not necessarily like come heal in yoga. <laughs> um, which is far more, but yeah, I mean, you get into studying more of the um, Ayurvedic medicine, Ayurvedic practice, um, you know, it's more about healing, you know, you, you know, X amount of hundred years ago, you, they would go to the, the medicine man and he would get them and he would prescribe two or three postures for them to do and some herbs, right? Um, that's just, you know, how I've understood and what I've read thus far, um, what I've grown to learn and always open to more because, you know, there's certain things that are in Sanskrit and other things that are hidden. You know, I'm just gathering as much as I can with the people I can talk to and as much as I read, have read. But um, yeah, it's about healing, healing your spirit first. Yeah, necessary. I um I dipped into like reading on Ayurvedic practices. That's next level stuff. Like I can dip my toe in some Ayurvedic things, but like that's that's a whole 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 nother world. That like it's I a system. It's, it's it's just a system. You know what I mean? Um, it, which you know, which I think is lost to India. Um, same thing with us. Um, you know, as far as a lot of the culture when colonization comes in, you lose a lot of that. So you know, just because someone's from India does not mean that they understand the practice of yoga and the eight limbs and stuff like that. Um, you know, most of them don't even speak Sanskrit as well, you know. Um, so, you know, we have a misconception, oh, the Indian, that everybody practice yoga. Some things have kept on, like you can go through black culture, you can go through certain things that, you know, all black people do or, you know, have a say, depending on what state you're from or, you know, little superstitions and stuff. They have the same thing, um, not necessarily understanding them fully, but just still practice because it's in, in the genetics. Right. Um, and as a black man, Mr. Rue, do you have many, well, let me say as a man first, do you have many male students in your class? Classes? Um, uh, surprisingly more now. Um, I think when I first started taking yoga, um, definitely the weirdo in the room. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> was it intimidating though? To be like, huh? only, was that intimidating to be the only? Oh, no, I mean, but no, I've just always had that spirit. Um, I, I was raised Jehovah's Witness, so I had to have a sense of self a lot growing up. So what other people thought and all those things being outside, I was kind of already in the space of being an outsider. So it wasn't, all, it wasn't super tough, you know what I mean? Um, to, if I like something, I'm going to do it no matter, you know, what's going on around me, especially as I deem it beneficial. Um, but now more so I got a lot of professional athletes, you know, because, you know, but it's the athletic benefits that are bringing them to the healing, but, you know, healing the body. Right. But they changed too. But, you know, I did the same thing. I came in the room. I wanted to, I was martial arts. I want to kick to the head. I want to be more flexible. And the only thing that ended up changing was my mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, I became more flexible in my mindset, came more balanced in my mindset, became stronger in my mind. Um, and so, I, you know, whatever brings you to the room, it doesn't matter. Whatever brings you to the mat, you know, all paths lead to one. So do you think you have more black males taking the classes in 2020? Or is that still something you're like, mm, not quite yet? Um, I'm, you know, I, I, it's crazy. I mean, that's a good question. I don't even look at my, I just look at everybody as people, right? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> because no, I, I see that, I, no, seriously, don't, no, 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 but not being like, oh, like, no, I see black people in the room. But a lot of more black males are coming. Most of them on the af- most, most of my athletes. Okay. Most of them are like professional athletes. Um, you know, come to the room and you know other guys who want to be fit who might come because they want to be a little bit more flexible. But definitely, it's becoming more 
you know, because of football and basketball, they're introducing it more. So, you know, through those athletics, will it spread through the rest? Because the, the heroes, if, right. if it's cool, if LeBron does it, then, you know. Right, right. It must be okay I'm to do it. Because I want to be like LeBron. Um, right. So, yeah, um, it's, it's a growing population. Um, You know, but I, 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 I would say the ratio male, white male is about the same. You know, the okay. male, I would say right now it's still probably, which is probably better than his men, 70, 30. Okay. Um, yeah, that's 80, good. 20, 80, 20, yeah. That's good because the classes I go to, there's usually like, well, I haven't been to a yoga class in quite some time. But whenever I did go, there'd be maybe one man, but it was never like one black man. It was, there was always like a sprinkle, but there was never, and I'm in South Carolina, so it's not, but still. Yeah, I was the one black man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I could see that happening. Um, And... Um, thinking any advice, do you have any advice for newbies or people that are nervous to take yoga? Man. Um, I mean, just like anything else is, it'll be uncomfortable. Right. Um, and you know, you know, we tend to try to lean towards things that we, in our strengths, but if we actually trying to strengthen ourselves, you lean into your weaknesses instead of, you know, because if you, you know, can work yourself in one vein, one space, then you come one side and out of balance. So just be open-minded and be patient. Um, take that childlike attitude where you can laugh at yourself and you, it's okay not being good at something that you've never done before. Um, and just embrace that and just and kind of sit around and see what it does. For change. I mean, it shakes so much stuff up, <laughs> you know, on a, on a, you know, you start feeling good physically, then you start other things. If you pay attention in your life, kind of start to fall off and adjust around that um but as your awareness change you know you'll be a little achy have you had um <clears throat> have you had people crying in your classes before oh man Ooh, t- i mean especially I teach, I teach bikram i teach bikram so yeah, which is like yeah. super next level like which is hot yoga um, the hot yeah bikram yeah. is like How much 105 is- degrees yep. 40 percent mm-hmm. humidity um so that that <laughs> that central nervous system stress and then uh, most, you know, I teach, I teach all yoga. Don't get me wrong, but I'll probably be more known for teaching people, even though <laughs> I love all yoga. That's just how the world works. Um, but being in the mirror, even your most narcissistic person doesn't look at themselves in the mirror 90 minutes. So you're 90 minutes in the heat, uncomfortable, seeing yourself in distress. And so, you know, um, I, I mean, people, I, I had a lady the other day in class and she wanted to deny what it was. I knew her on a personal level. Um, not like that, but I'm, you know, been as a student and um, she had just finished a divorce. She had been going through divorce four or five years and it was finally all done. And so she, in her mind, like, oh, it was good. But, you know, what? in order to say, you don't realize how heavy the backpack you're carrying until you take it off. And so it came off in the class and she wanted to say, oh, my heart. I feel like I'm going to, she's, I mean, this lady's in shape, like 3% <laughs> body fat. She's like, oh my God, I'm help, help, you know, but no, but it's just at that moment, you, you know, just, you become overwhelmed. So a lot of times you get these, these breakthroughs, man. I've been, in, I mean, I've cried in class when I was going through my, um, like my divorce was still going on like 2005, 2006. Like, yo, the good thing about it's so hot. Can't nobody see her. Everybody's sweating. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> everybody died. Like, nobody's paying you any attention. Yo. You're just in the room they dying. They're going through their own struggle. Every, everybody, you know, but that's the beautiful thing about it too. It's like everybody, no matter, I mean, I mean, all colors, all races, all classes, all jobs, Everybody's in there with one thing um, in mind. It's just like to find that focus and to find that um, 
you know, find that sense of peace, you know, you know, and if you can create it in that space under stress, how do I respond under stress? How, right. Who am I under stress? A lot of times you don't get to see it because you're not in the mirror. You're just wigging out in the store. But when you start fidgeting and twitching and can't be still and, you know, you get this chance to look at yourself and that's a great teacher, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is. Sh- I've been to a Bikram class uh, t- twice, a few times. <laughs> um, it's... It is, it's challenging, like compared to the other yoga classes, it's, that's next level. And I remember seeing like a quote that was like, in that yoga course or class, um, at first you feel like you're dying and then you feel reborn. And I was like, yes, accurate description. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I love it. Um, a hundred percent. You definitely it take it takes you through it. Um, but when you come out on the other side, like you know you've accomplished something, it's always equally like no matter how many times you come in there, just like life, like it doesn't really get any easier. You just learn how to, you know Adapt. Adapt. <laughs> you learn to adapt. You just constantly, you know, making these small adjustments. No two classes are the same. You know, um you got the peaks and valleys. One of my um great mentors I had in, in training, um, a girl named Sammy out in LA. And she was like, your yoga practice is, is like, it's like life is just, it's not, it's a jagged ascension. It's not this meteoric rise to the top, right? You get to the top of this mountain, you look up, oh, next peak, but then get to the next peak, you have to go down to the valley. So it's kind of like that when you're practicing, um, this is jagged ascension. I mean, and always- life, that's life in general. Everybody thinks that like happiness is just this one uphill slope. Like, oh, if I keep doing that, no, you gotta, you gotta appreciate the ebbs and flows of it all. Uh, yeah, happiness is just a, it's, it's a it's a chemical reaction inside our body. Um, <laughs> you know, we, you will come. What goes up must come down. Um, yeah. So, um, on to the question I ask all of my guests: What's your medicine? Um, being able having some discipline to work on will be my medicine, right? Something that has um, you know, coming up in an environment needing um my love for discipline so having something to focus on something that i can progressively get better at and understand more it doesn't have to be a it doesn't have to be physical right when you're young it's like oh, i want to run faster i want to shoot more jump shots i want to like no but just some form of discipline that i can i can practice and i can understand myself again you know that's why with the martial arts and yoga they they kind of train but so just that's my medicine if i have something to focus on that's that's a solid right if i'm able to live up to my end of it I will achieve. It's not <laughs> predicated on, you know, anything outside of myself. It's just my understanding and then my ability to be able to exercise my understanding. Very, very, very nice. Um, where can people find you if they want to take your class? Uh, right now, um, I'm, I'm in the process of setting up virtual class. I'm so, I'm such a, like a yoga hippie on that part, right? Um, a lot of people have been asking me for it. But right now, I'm at Be Hot Yoga Atlanta. Okay. And I got some virtual stuff. I'm on Instagram. It's Street Taoist on Instagram. If anybody wants to follow me and keep up with that stuff, I'll post videos. And we doing. I'll be doing work workshops and stuff like that soon enough. Um, but yeah, that's that's about it right now. Um, okay, chilling. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Uh, no, thank you for having me on. You know. Another big thank you to Rue for sharing his story. It's always interesting. I mean, I can listen to people's stories all day, whether or not like I want to. They share them with me anyway. Um, but it's always interesting to hear people's healing stories of how they found a practice that, you know, 
interested them and they kept showing up for it and then they end up teaching it and you know it's a life-changing experience it's just I love those stories because you know it's that purpose-driven work it's like it feels like you found this by accident when it's really like no this this is what you were supposed to be doing all this time and like this is why you got fired all those times and this is why none of those other jobs worked out um it just makes sense I could just be speaking from personal experience here um I got fired several times before <laughs> before I got on this path. So so I get it. Um, so if you are out there and, and that's been your path at some point, um, keep going because, you know, especially like breadcrumbs. I think of it as breadcrumbs. Like find the things that, that spark you up and then keep following those. So like for me, like I love helping people. I've always enjoyed helping people out. I've always enjoyed helping people feel better. And working a desk job wasn't going to get me there. Like, I just felt like I was another number. So the one-on-one work with massage obviously shifted something. Um, but then it was still like, mm, okay, but there, it, I could be helping more people. It could be bigger than this. I could still be helping more people. Um, so it's just, again... There's there's levels. There's always levels and layers to all of this. It's never just one-sided um, or one-dimensional anymore, um, as you can see. And I guess for me, like, massage has always just been the catalyst for the rest of it. Um, obviously, with Reiki, I can help more individuals at a time. I can reach more people, and I can help people on their path a little easier. Um and it doesn't have to necessarily be one-on-one, although I do still enjoy one-on-one, absolutely. Um, but I do firmly believe I'm supposed to be helping more than just one-on-one. So um, that's that's what I'm moving forward with currently. Um, I am expanding my, my Reiki practices, my energy healing. There's, of course, going to be more who you call in holistic experiences in the future. Um, I'm working with, I was talking to Noemi and Brooke recently, um, just yesterday, I guess, about the next event since the the other one was such a hit. Um, so we'll probably do another dousing event, dousing um, Reiki, and then as Brooke did the, the card reading for that. Um, so yeah, look out for that event in the future. I'll also have more Reiki events, more Reiki classes. And there will be, I haven't sorted it out in my head just yet, but there will be a program of some sort in the near future. Um, whether that's going to be like one-on-one sessions with me or like a program with some Reiki and some other stuff razzle-dazzled. I haven't worked it all the way out just yet, but look out for that. Um, I'm very excited to be working on that. And I'm currently um, still taking an astrology and human design class. So my my knowledge of the, the stars is expanding. And I've already done a few human design readings for, um, for some friends and just, just to feel it out and really gave them a different perspective on how to move through their careers and how to move through um, their personal lives as well. And um, I just, human design stuff is really empowering. Like, again, this is also layered. So it is going to take a little more time to, to get used to integrating it in my work, but um, I'm getting there. And I'm very excited about like having it as a, a service to offer in the future. Um, and the interesting, I have a story about my human design um, thing, actually. Since we were discussing how 
you're led into purpose by these things that you don't realize are are breadcrumbs for it. Um, this time last year, actually, well, maybe a little bit before this last year, um, the place I was working, the plan was to have a like a vision board brunch or some sort of vision board event. And um, the idea was my own. And I was very excited about it. I had, you know, like I got some of the poster board things and um, I had all kinds of magazines from the salon where I was working. And I had magazines that I had saved already because I had already been doing vision board things. And when it came to the actual vision board event, I got no credit. Like we had a good turnout. I got no credit. There was never like a shout out like, hey, thanks, Shiana, for this great idea. There was never an acknowledgement of like, hey, this was Shiana's doing. There was there was never any sort of, you know, thank you, Shiana. There was nothing. There was nothing. And for the first time in my adult life, maybe not the first time. That's yeah, that's stretching it. But in my professional life, there we go. I have never felt robbed of my ideas until then. And that was that was a really, really heavy place to be in. And I remember I went home and I cried, like boohoo cried. Um, and then just because I've never, I've never felt like I've had ideas stolen from me. And that's like, it's one thing to have, I don't know, an item stolen from you. It's another thing to have, I don't know, it, it's one thing to have something physical to be taken away from you, but but your ideas with no credit? Like, anyway, all of that to say, the plus side is before I left that place, that establishment, I was introduced to human design. So um, perhaps the only reason I was placed there was to be introduced to human design. And if that's the case, I'll take it. Um, it has opened my eyes to all kinds of goodness and it has changed my relationship with myself it's changed my relationship with money and even how I look at um my approach to a lot of things my approach to uh how not even my approach how to expect people to approach me how I expect uh to respond to people um it's just shifted my perspective on relationships. There we go. Relationships with all the things, relationships with people, relationships with immaterial objects. Um, that sounds insane. Not like, you know, I'm talking money and stuff, not actually like ghosts or whatever, but yeah. So that's the plus side. I was introduced to human design, so I'll take it. So, um, on some shit, Shiana says like, just trust just trust your journey <laughs> like trust your journey that sounds like some shit shiana says like it's not going to look the same for everybody and the way you think things are going to happen for you the way you think things are going to unfold no matter how you choose to manifest them and you think they're going to you know you might write something down and say i want x amount of money and you're thinking yeah i'm just going to get a, a check deposited for x amount of money it's never that way. It, it never happens that way. Like, that's too simple. It's always like a, a trickster way of it happening. And then you're like, oh, shit. Oh, shit, I asked for this. I did ask for this. And then it was, it's just in my lap now. And you don't realize it until you sit still. 
So you've got to sit still to recognize your blessings. But for sure, please trust your journey. Like, and I say that with all sincerity. And I know you've seen it printed and you've read it a million times and you're probably rolling your eyes, but just just trust it because there's a reason that you were put into these situations. There is a reason that you were put into these predicaments with, you know, fuck shit, <laughs> with, uh, with people that you just don't understand why they were put into your life. There is a reason and you're going to need that information later. So just trust it and learn from it. And then teach what you know after that. That's what this is all about. So enough of my soapbox. Um, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week. And uh, in the future, what else What else are we talking about on here? Um, spiritual baths is coming up soon. And I've also interviewed um, my Access Bars teacher. If you are unfamiliar with Access Bars, she'll be talking about that. And... Uh, we're also going to talk about shame. That's coming up. That's a big one that that keeps like that keeps coming up to talk about. So, and even when I say sh- I don't even know why I said shame that was shame, but that's how it comes across whenever you talk about shame, right? So, that's that's why we got to talk about it. Anyway, looking forward to sharing these stories with you guys and um be sure to follow me on Instagram, like, subscribe and share. You can also still purchase merchandise on Shiana.com. I know we've had fake spring recently, but I also know how the weather's set up and that we're going to have another winter again, you know, like through the rest of March or something. So there are beanies on Shiana.com with manifest some shit if you want, which, you know, I stand by that. So get you a beanie because you're going to need it for March (laughs) because that's how winter's set up in the South. Uh, Anyway, I will catch you guys next time. Be sure you meditate and hydrate. Take care.